Welcome to the Infinite Franchisee Show, where every franchisee meets infinite possibilities. Here, you will discover the executive level strategies needed to overcome the overwhelm, concentrate on explosive growth activities, and capture the life of your dreams with me, April Porter. I am an attorney, a former award-winning multi-unit franchisee, and a number one international best-selling author on a mission to help franchisees achieve infinite success. Hello and welcome back to the Infinite Franchisee Show. I am so excited to be here with you today speaking about a topic that is extraordinarily important to recognize in your business and take action on, which is safety first, how to identify and respond to threats to your business. Now, as business owners, we get into business for many, many reasons, but one of those reasons usually is to provide a better working environment for our employees than we potentially experienced as employees. And so coming into business ownership, a lot of business owners have thought long and hard about what they want that working environment to look like. And usually it goes back to relationships, right? Because that's where things may have fell apart in our previous employment. But there are other factors we really need to consider in making sure that our environment is safe for employees to come to, not just physically safe, but emotionally safe and mentally safe. And it's easy to sometimes see the the threats to our employees' safety that happen internally in our business. And what we're going to do today is identify those more external threats. So first, let's talk about a couple of examples of internal threats. I was a gym owner, so it was very obvious to me that we could have an incident inside the gym where someone got hurt, physically hurt. Um, And so we needed to have a policy in place on how to deal with that, because we all know that when someone's hurt, they need attention right away, whether it's an emergency situation or just assessing whether it's an emergency situation. So we want to have a plan in place so that there isn't panic when that happens, right? If you have a restaurant, you might have come up with a similar policy for someone who cuts themselves in the kitchen. You need a policy about how that's handled so that you can ensure the food has not been contaminated with blood or other bodily fluids from the cut, and also so that the cut is treated appropriately so that your employee can either go back to work or get the medical attention off-site that they need. So those are the types of threats that it might be really easy to identify in your business. But what about the external threats that are not so easy to identify? Well, we're going to be talking about those in detail today, identifying the biggest ones and also how we prepare to combat those threats. And then finally, we'll talk about how to empower our employees to take action in the moment so that they feel secure and safe in their environment at all times. The first external threat that we might face could be just as simple as inclement weather. Inclement weather is easily identifiable because it's happened to us before, so we know that it could potentially happen again. Here in Missouri, that could be a tornado, thunderstorm, hail, high winds, ice storms, snowstorms, flooding, all of those at one time or another actually impacted my gym locations. And so the way to really address this threat is to sit down and write all of the inclement weather activities that could potentially happen in your area and then create a plan for each one. 
thinking in terms of if my employee is at our location by themselves or I'm not there or there isn't a manager, a leader there, even if there is a leader there, you want to be really clear about how the staff should react in these situations. So if we have, are open and a tornado is coming into the area, what does the staff need to do? What, what's the plan? Where do they go? How do they seek shelter? What about flooding? If there are severe thunderstorms and there's going to be flash flooding and we know it's coming, what do we do? Do we close early so the employees can get home before they're trapped by flash flooding and so that they aren't driving over these flash floods? Same for our customers too, right? We want to keep our customers safe as well. So those are the types of things we want to really think through when it comes to inclement weather or other natural threats we've been prepared for, such as a fire, something like that that would happen in the business. And those are pretty easy, like I said, because we've experienced them before, because we've done drills since we were kids on how to respond when a tornado hits or when there's a fire in a building. So it's pretty easy to come up with the plan. But the next four we're going to talk about are more serious threats that we take for granted will probably never happen to us. And so many times we are, do not currently have a plan in place for the what if factor. What if it actually did happen? Some of these things that we're going to talk about can be people could be a little bit sensitive to. And sometimes they could even be a little graphic in nature. So I want to warn you now that if you have strong reactions to threatening situations, you may want to tune in another day to our show. But every business owner really does need this information. So I would encourage you to keep an open mind and listen up so that you can create the safest environment possible. One of the things we need to think about is what if there's an active shooter? What if there's an active shooter situation or possibly someone who comes into our location with violence in mind, meaning they're there to rob the place and they have a weapon? We want to have a plan in place. We need to have a plan in place for each of these. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. First, I'm going to give you all of the threats because the plans could potentially be a little bit similar for some of these. Another threat could be that someone is threatening our employees over the phone. This could be a disgruntled customer or a disgruntled former employee or who knows, just a crazy person. And that could be something to the tune of, you know, I'm going to come up there and X, Y, Z. I'm going to come up there and kick your ass. I'm going to come up there and be violent. Right. So that could be what a threat looks like over the phone. It could even be a bomb threat over the phone. Yes. Does it seem far fetched? Yes. Are you sitting there thinking like who on earth would threaten my business with a bomb? Well, you have no idea. You remember many of these businesses are in plaza locations. So you might not have a disgruntled customer, but the person next door might. So if there truly was a bomb planted, at the business next door from a formerly disgruntled employee and your business received a phone call, maybe that person wants to harm the business they're mad at, but not your business and not your employees. So they call and say, hey, there's a bomb at the Chinese restaurant next door. And I say that because there was a Chinese restaurant next door to our gym. But if they, they would tell you that, hey, there's a, I planted a bomb, you need to get out of the building, what would happen? 
right? How would your employees respond? What would they do to keep themselves and your customers safe? And yeah, we don't like to think about these things, but we have to. In this day and age, in the world we live in, we have to think about it. There also could be an aggressive customer or just an aggressive person that is actually in the proximity of your location, maybe out on the sidewalk, maybe in the parking lot. Maybe they're coming into your location and they're very aggressive. They're agitated. They're yelling. They're flailing about. Sometimes we see people and we don't know if they're on some type of substance because their behavior seems erratic. So that could be a potential threat. And then finally, you have the threat that seems benign, but it could escalate very quickly, which is just the creep. The person who comes in and they disguise their creepiness with seemingly normal customer interaction. And that is actually the scenario I witnessed in a restaurant just recently, which is why we're having this podcast, because it really inspired me to bring this topic to the forefront and get business owners thinking about how to help your employees in a situation like that. So where I was, I was a customer at a restaurant. I was eating alone. I was waiting for a colleague to show up for a meeting. And there was a man at the next table, an older gentleman who was also eating alone. The waitress was very young. I would say she was high school, maybe right out of high school. And this gentleman continued to call her over to his table. He would whisper so that she had to lean down and lean in in order to hear him. When he went to pay his bill, he wouldn't give her the money. He would hold it and make her hold it, but then he wouldn't release it. And then he wanted to give her some kind of lecture about how it wasn't a tip. It was a gift and a bunch of nonsense. Now, as a woman of my age, I'm watching this and I'm like, this guy's a creep. This guy is a straight up creep. But the waitress had no idea how to respond in that situation. In fact, I'm not sure she really realized how inappropriate and how much of a creep the guy was. And so what we want to do is talk about how do we empower our employees in that situation to recognize that threat and give them the permission to be able to take action to keep themselves safe. So let's go through each one of the threats we just discussed and talk about the plan that we need to put in place. So an emergency plan. Well, first, we need to have the emergency contact information for all of our employees so that if they would become injured while they're on the job, we can reach someone who cares about them to meet them at the hospital, pick them up from the hospital, just God forbid it be something very, very serious, such as a heart attack. We want to let their loved ones know as fast as possible. So always make sure that you have that emergency contact information on hand, that not only you have access to it, but all employees have access to who the emergency contact is and a phone number to reach for a fellow colleague and keep that in a safe place that's easily accessible. Also, you could have cameras. Cameras in your locations will deter a lot of bad behavior, and they also will help capture a description if anything were to occur inside the location. Now I'm going to tell you another story that happened here in St. Louis, and this can be a graphic story, but it really brings the point home. So here in St. Louis, back in 2018, there was a gentleman who entered the Catholic supply store. It was a store in a strip mall location, and he walked in, he had a gun, and he forced two out of the three women to strip 
naked and to perform sexual acts on him. The third woman, he ordered her to strip naked and do the same, and she refused, and he shot her and killed her. And that store at the time did not have cameras. There was only the description that the ladies could give to the police to go off of. And luckily, the police did some great detective work. In that case, they found the gentleman within two days, and he is being held accountable. His trial is set in August of this year. But that doesn't erase the damage that was done. Now, cameras, they might have deterred the man from taking that action in that store because he he would know he'd be captured on camera. But had they not even deterred it, it at least would have documented it, which would have allowed the police to potentially find him faster and made a stronger case when it's time to go to court. So cameras are something that could be very beneficial, even if you trust your employees. And a lot of times that's why business owners don't want to get cameras because they don't want their employees to feel untrusted. The important thing is just to have that conversation with your employees and say, we have cameras because it keeps everyone safe. Cameras deter bad behavior from people that we don't want hurting you or our customers. So that one was a little bit heavy. So let's lighten it up now with the inclement weather emergency plan. Just go through, create the plan. Again, you want to put this in a location that is easily accessible to everyone so that if the power goes out due to a thunderstorm, again, this is something you might want to do in old-fashioned three-ring binder paper form because with inclement weather, we have internet outages, power outages, things of that nature where if you store it on the computer, your employees may not be able to access it in the moment. So you want to have it easily accessible, something like that. Also, you want to watch the weather as the business owner or have your general manager manager watch the weather each evening to find out what the weather is going to be like the next day. That way you can communicate with your staff. If there's going to be a horrible ice storm overnight, you want to be able to tell your staff you're opening your store late and communicate that to all of your customers. So there needs to be a not just a policy, but you need a procedure in place to account for the actions you need to take with inclement weather that are going to come up overnight. Also, you want to have supplies handy. So if there are things that are needed to address emergency situations, you want to have those things handy for your employees, such as band-aids, obviously a first aid kit, but also a flashlight, anything that's needed to do something manually that would be normally done electronically if the power would go out, things like that. Figure out what the response times will be from your emergency responders. If your location is inside a mall and an employee would call 911, if there's not a substation in the mall, then the police officers have to drive to the mall, park, get into the mall, and then make it to your location. That could really affect a response time. So what is a contingency plan? If the response time is really long, could the employee go next door and get help from another business? You know, and what could happen? Could they run in? Could they lock the door behind them? How is it that you could do some other activity other than just waiting for a emergency responders who may not be able to get to your employees in time? You could also create code words for your employees. That way they can indicate to each other if there's a problem. So if you're talking about a retail location and you have more than one cashier, one cashier may be dealing with a customer and have a problem and needs to alert the other cashier. Or in a restaurant situation, like I explained earlier, where that waitress was 
having a problem with the customer, if she had a code word or a code phrase, she could alert another waitress passing by and then they could follow the procedure to get that waitress out of that situation. So how do we empower our employees once we have these policies, procedures, these action plans in place? How do we empower our employees to have the confidence and the wherewithal when the situation is happening and chaos has ensued to remember and follow the plan? Well, we're going to go back to grade school for this one, and you need to do drills. Yes, it sounds silly, but you need to do drills. There needs to be a fire drill, a tornado drill, an active shooter drill. There needs to be a threats from over the phone drill, a bomb threat drill, an aggressive customer drill, a creep drill. All of these drills should take place and you can divide them up. Like you could teach these during your onboarding process, but then every staff meeting you do two drills or you could do random drills with them that they aren't expecting for some of these as well, just to make sure that you are empowering them because we all know practice makes perfect. And if the first time that a waitress needs to use her code words and things of that nature is six months after she was hired and no one's ever mentioned this policy or procedure or anything to her again, then she's not going to remember it. Or she's going to second guess, oh, maybe this person really isn't a creep because she hasn't been empowered to trust her gut and to say, this guy's a creep and use her code word. Or or if you don't have another waitress around, you also need an exit strategy to use her exit strategy to get out of that situation. So what we want to do is role play these situations and allow our employees to actually act out, encouraging them to follow their gut and to take the action that seems extreme. Many, many people are fearful to call 911. They just don't want to bother the police or they're afraid that it's actually not a big deal. The police will arrive and then it's not a big deal. And whether this is a fear that the police will be mad or they'll get in trouble or just a subconscious, I don't want to put people you know, out. I don't want to be inconvenient. I don't want to be a bother. We have to eliminate those thoughts and feelings so that our employees feel confident in saying, no, I'm calling 911 to the aggressive customer. Not even giving it a warning, just picking up the phone and calling 911 and being on the phone with the police. Being able to say to that creep, like, I'm sorry, I need to go check on something in the back. And then sending out a manager to deal with that customer from this time forward or having a witness go with you to the table so that the creep doesn't pull that kind of stuff anymore. But these things take drills. And for especially for young people who haven't mastered that gut feeling yet, they haven't mastered what is a reasonable reaction and an unreasonable reaction. They're still in that phase of learning, right? They're in that phase of, is this inappropriate or am I overreacting? And we want to empower them to be able to say, you know what? Err on the side of overreacting. Err on the side of calling 911 air on the side of walking away from the table. Could it affect your tip? Possibly, but you won't be a victim. Air on the side of notifying the restaurant next door should a bomb threat come in and evacuate the entire plaza, right? So we want to err on the side of overreacting. We need to keep in mind, one of the things I always keep in mind for a suspect situation is that the people... In the Twin Towers on 9-11, they were headed down the stairs to exit the building. An announcement was made to go back to their offices, and many did. 
Many went back to the offices thinking it was an overreaction for them to leave the building. It wouldn't happen to the second building. Don't go back to the office. If something feels wrong, get out. Get out of the building and get out of the situation. You don't have to worry about being impolite or anything else. So that's what our lesson is on today. I know that there were times today when we talked and it was a little heavy, but this is a really important thing. And I hope that you join us on Clubhouse this Friday. We're going to be in the Clubhouse Club, the Infinite Franchisee Club. We're going to talk about this topic and we're going to have a discussion around it. We could talk about ideas for the plan, ideas for how to empower your employees to really identify when they are being threatened and help them understand how to take action. So I hope you join us for that live discussion we're going to have as a follow-up today's podcast. And other than that, we'll talk next week. Do you love the Infinite Franchisee Show? I'd love to hear from you. Take 60 seconds and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. It is such a small thing that can help so many other franchisees and entrepreneurs find us. And then they can discover infinite possibilities too. Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, remember, there are infinite opportunities to grow your business and reach the sanity, wealth, and gratitude you deserve. So don't ever settle for anything less than infinite success.